Welcome to Training Room Talk, where we discuss all things performance, rehab, and education. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Training Room Talk. This is Dr. John Herding. Um, today, we're going to do something a little bit different. I recently got on a Zoom call with Bill Hartman to discuss a case study um, in which I untraditionally treated or non-traditionally treated um, a herniated disc patient, a chronic um, herniated disc that she had been dealing with for about eight months, and that was significantly limiting her function um, in her ability to take care of her young child bend down, pick him up, um, and carry him, as well as future plans to have other children. Um, she was scared to because this was a chronic thing that um, was severely limiting her quality of life. Um, so Bill and I got on a call, and we talked about this particular case study and how I treated her um, a little bit non-traditionally from what you'd consider um, traditional physical therapy treatment for a herniated disc, um, and it ended up being um, positive outcomes. And now a couple days later, from me seeing this patient, she continues to have positive um, outcomes um, with um, the treatment that we provided. So I wanted to give you guys a little bit of insight into how we treat um, particularly types of patients um, and how we're not specifically treating um, symptoms or diagnoses, but relying on our tests and measures um, to treat each individual as um, a specific patient so that we can, we can drive all optimal outcomes and nobody's um, getting the run around with because we're chasing pain and just trying to relieve pain. Because typically what we're finding is if we stay true to our tested measures and treat each person as an individual, um, that drives improved outcomes in our clinic. Um, so I hope you guys enjoy. If you guys have any questions or concerns or, or um, comments, um, please feel free to um, email me at jherting at thetrainingroompt.com, and we can further do this, the discussion. Thanks a lot, guys. And so, John, I, what I want to do is I want to I go through one of your cases because I think that, that one, the, the perspective that we talk about between ourselves and, and with the group that's been through the intensive, et cetera, is, is quite a bit different, I think, than, than what we would consider a traditional viewpoint. And, and so the way that we try to influence the system is, is somewhat different as well. And I know you've got a couple of interesting cases. So what I would like you to do is let's go ahead and pick one and have you kind of go through and describe, <clears throat> excuse me, and describe Kind of what you were seeing, why you made some of the choices you did, and, and then and some of the, the surprising outcomes, actually, um, especially based on some of these difficult cases that come in, because you and I are very similar in, in respect that, that we just don't get the easy people up the street like like a lot of people do. Like, we don't see, like, the acute sprained ankles like everybody else does. We see the right. people that, like, oh, I have this really long history of this, 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 and this, and this. I've seen six practitioners that do all these things. I've been told these many things, and now they're, you know, at the point of frustration, confusion, and and really at an impasse as far as, as, far as our progress goes. So, mm -hmm. so go ahead and, and offer up one of your cases for me, if you would. Yeah. Yeah, so this case was really exciting to me. I had a patient come in um, because she's been dealing with um, symptoms of disc herniation since February. She was in yoga teacher, and she began initially what they thought was as joint pain, um, and she attributed it to she was just pushing her body into positions she wasn't ready for, which I feel like we see a lot in some of these 
yoga practitioners, especially as they're going through teacher training. Right. right. Um, so at that time, she trialed PT for three months at what we would consider a traditional clinic. And her plan of care focused on trunk and core stability, as you would expect. Right. Mm -hmm. um, she didn't really feel any better after three months and they discharged her saying, you know, there's nothing else we can really do. But, you know, she wasn't happy with that. She's very active. She's kids. She's trying for another one. Um, and this is something she didn't want to continue with her as she continued to try to live, live her life. Um, she has a young kid and wasn't able to pick him up off the floor, um, not able to get down on the floor with him without pain. Mm -hmm. And then in this time before she saw me, she's been trying myofascial release. She's been trying cupping. She has seen an acupuncture, what she described as 20 plus times. And she said, that'll make her feel good for about a week. And, but if she doesn't stay on top of it, the pain comes back. Right. Okay. So, okay. Um, there, there is a little bit of, to me, um, something missing in the equation, right? Um, because the pain wasn't resolving, she went back to the physician in October, so a month ago, and she got a cortisone shot, which didn't provide any relief. Okay. In an effort to kind of continue to stay active, she um, connected with one of my friends who's a personal trainer, a kettlebell-focused personal trainer, um, to kind of stay active and be more guided in exercise so she could try to exercise without pain. Okay. Um, the trainer then said, well, why don't you try my, my guy? He thinks a little bit differently. I've had great outcomes with him. And then we can coordinate the care, right? Because mm -hmm. um, Lauren, her personal trainer, is going to be a huge part of her process as Lauren came into the session. Um, and now we're able to coordinate and um, through the process. And, and they made this patient feel pretty good at the end. Okay. Um, so basically came in with a diagnosed um, herniation um, and hasn't had any relief with much of anything. Mm -hmm. um, two out of 10 pain at its best. So it's always... <clears throat> there and 10 out of 10 at its worst. And again, it was really, she can't sit for extended periods, driving's a pain, can't bend over, touch her toes, pick up her kids or lift objects, right? Okay. Um, so looking at her, she was definitely had some soft tissue restriction through like her right low back and into her right glute. That was where she was tender on palpation, um, which you can kind of see why some of the, the manual interventions with the acupuncture might've helped provide a little bit of relief. Mm -hmm. Um, but in my opinion, it wasn't lasting because you're not making a change in the system to promote better position, better stability yeah. through that lumbopelvic complex. Yeah. It's, it's, so, so, so what you're dealing with, there is some muscle activity, most likely. So the acupuncture or, or kneeling is impacting that to a degree, yep. right? But, but if there's no follow-up, if you're not teaching the system how to manage position, pressures, et cetera, then obviously that's why they're hitting this impasse, right? Yep. Okay. So, so what, what measures were impactful for you from, yeah. like I said, from the perspective that we discuss on a regular basis, what, what, what stood out to you? Yeah. So going through her evaluation, her, I mean, she's going through yoga teacher training, but her active straight leg raise was 65 on both sides. Mm -hmm. so, so that's a big thing right there. Um, her hip IR was 25 degrees on her right and 15 on her left. Okay. That was another one that really stood out. And then looking at shoulder flexion for her bilaterally, it was 130 degrees. Um, so that was, okay, we need to clean up um, hip IR, shoulder flexion. Mm -hmm. And then with that, hopefully straight leg raise comes. Yeah. So what you, so what you literally have here is somebody that is stuck in, in a, a very compressive type of strategy. I mean, you can see it right away that you've got You've got inhalation and exhalation measures that are that are very limited. Yeah. So, yeah, so this is indicative 
that superficial strategy that we always talk about. Oh, completely. Um, and then even working further down, shoulder, uh, so, shoulder IR was kind of commensurate with the flexion where it was 30 degrees bilaterally. <laughs> then hip abduction bilaterally was 30 degrees. Right. And infrasternal angle was 100, so not terrible, but it wasn't dynamic. She didn't get good um, rib motion when she would inhale, exhale. Right. And, and again, that's indicative of somebody that, that literally is, is not expanding or compressing. They're, they're sort of in this middle ground, superficial strategy, not allowing the, the axial skeleton to behave normally. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Listening to her exhale, it, like 90% of it came out in the first second. Right. And, and so this is, so I, I'm really glad you, you, you bring stuff like this up because this is something that people need to pay attention to because there, there is, there's actually a pitch. You can kind of hear the pitch go up and down. And, and so this is indicative of, of the shape of the airway. This is indicative of the shape of the thorax because in often, in many cases, the, these actually are, are um, sort of a complementary relationship. Right. Mm -hmm. So if I if I get this sort of like this forced expiratory volume type of an of an exhale, then you know that you're not getting this this full excursion of respiration, right? And and they're going to be biased towards this compressive exhalation based strategy. Yeah. Okay. So so now let's talk about approach because under you know many cases some of the things that she's already been through will be defaults for, for many therapists or, or, or um, practitioners. So mm -hmm. what, did, what did you go with? Yeah, so I did four, four different things and it was really cool again because her trainer came with her to the session um, where we did an inverted hip lift where we put her heels on a 12 inch box, had her um, tuck under, roll up, bridge up as high as she could so her hips were above her um, her shoulders mm -hmm. and had her reach at a 45 degree angle mm -hmm. um, and reaching further into the, re um, the reach every exhale for four breaths to kind of help to have, have her find and feel hamstrings, internal obliques, and then maybe push some air up into um, like her, her pump handle. Mm -hmm. um, because of the training she'd been through, she loved diaphragmatic breathing. That was where everything was. Mm -hmm. Um, so I wanted to try to get a full excursion of rib cage as the breath worked up into um, the pump handle and into her neck. Awesome. So I'll even cue like breathe into your neck because to over exaggerate it a little bit and get people mm -hmm. to go, okay, I need to get air all the way up. Right. Right. Um, right. And again, that, the, so the, so the compressive strategy actually, as we say, it's, it's like squeezing the toothpaste from the top down. Mm -hmm. you, you get this compressive strategy where you, you don't get the sternal uh, pump handle like you normally would. And of course, that's going to impact everything from scapular position to neck position and then the resultant shoulder range of motion that, you, that you've already measured, right? Yep. Yeah. Good, good, um, good, so we went through four reps of that for four breaths. And then we kind of carried it on um, to a TRX lat hang with a hip lift. Mm -hmm. So we had her on the ground grabbing a, a TRX strap. Um, same thing with her heels on a 12 inch box, bridging up to get her hips as high as she could. Mm -hmm. Then making sure she's, she's kind of rolling up for us right. to kind of get a good zone of apposition and help to get her ribs a little more dynamic and get the exhale to bring her ribs down into position. Mm -hmm. um, and then we cued, let her bra strap kind of fall between her shoulder blades to get scap upward rotation. Mm -hmm. um, 
I, I like that sometimes just because gravity helps pull them into position if they're able to let go without using like these high tension superficial strategies. Right. And, and so this is another case where, where we do have this superficial strategy, which is very concentrically oriented. And so in many cases, the, the breath alone is insufficient to drive the eccentric orientation. So right now you've immediately created sort of a, a loaded strategy that allows her to capture the eccentric orientation and then you reinforce it with the the internal expansion via via the breath and and now you have a very powerful strategy mm -hmm. so, yeah good. so good. same thing four four breaths is generally what we can do um and we won't always go to that if unless um we think someone can handle like the grip component of that sometimes that's the limiting factor right right um, but then we followed that up with the reverse crunch where she's holding a kettlebell behind her head and she was rolling up into a crunch, holding her hips above her shoulders for a breath, and then slowly controlling it back down. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I think that might have been one of the most powerful thing that we did. So, so let's, let's talk about this for a second, because this is very counterintuitive, especially with somebody with that, that walks in with, with a, you know, a diagnosis of a disc herniation, because a lot of people would immediately go to some form of um, extension-based protocol with such a diagnosis. And so the reality is, is that in many cases, um, obviously, um, it's not the solution, right? Yeah. I, I think this just goes back to trusting your numbers or trusting your measurements, right? Exactly. Exactly <laughs> like, right. Exactly right. Yeah. Like I, w I was looking at this and thinking, if I can sh restore shoulder IR, shoulder flexion, hip abduction, mm -hmm. get a more dynamic ISA, right? Be good and we'll be on the right path well you're, you're treating the person instead of the diagnosis and i think that 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 should be something that we have to consider across all uh clients right mm -hmm. it's like just treat the person yeah see what they're presenting they're telling you what their needs are if you can respect the measures and then just follow through on that yeah and i think when i did the reverse crunch and she saw that it was actually more of the you know a workout exercise the type of things she wanted to get back to and it was tough for her and she, you know, she was making comments like, you know, this is a workout. This is, it's not supposed to be a workout. It's PT. <laughs> when I'm able to achieve that, I love it. Right. Yeah, exactly. It's like, we don't have to, we don't have to, to pigeonhole these people into, to these, you know, um, protective atmospheres in every case, you know, especially when they, she's demonstrating the fact that it's okay. It's safe for her to proceed. So I think, I think this is brilliant. Well, I like, and I like changing people's perspectives on what PT is. Yeah. That's, that's the biggest thing. I love that. Excellent. Um, so we did that and I, th we might've did eight reps of eight, eight sets of one mm -hmm. to have her really focus on the control and, and working through breath and not going and not reverting to their high tension breath holding strategies. Right. Um, and then we just finished it off with some supine rocking. I had her lie on her back, grab her, grab her thighs behind her knees. And walk back and forth, making sure she kept like in um, zone of apposition, making sure she kept ribs down, hips tucked under, um, and then stood up. Like and and keep in mind, Bill, we're retesting every single time we make it. Right, right. So you know, so you know what direction you're going. You and so, so and and then this is something that, that that I was talking about, especially with the with the Padawans, is saying you 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 evaluate, you determine what their needs are, you intervene based on those needs and based on the probability of the outcome, and then you retest to make sure that you're getting the outcome. So so it's a stepwise process. Everybody's their own experiment. So, mm -hmm. so that's awesome.
Yeah, and, and some of like our retests were just simply, all right, now do something that usually bothers you, whether it's touching your toes or lifting something off the floor, um, sitting, like do something that usually bothers you to see if we've made the change that we need to make. Right. Um, so yeah, she stood up from that, felt no pain, 100% better, did some of the stuff. Um, now I'm going to see, my plan for her is going to see her once a week for four weeks. And I continue to dial it in, but what's going to be really good is the coordination. She's going to see her personal trainer twice a week, right? And that's going to be ongoing and definite. For, right. you know, so um, we're going to be able to coordinate that care. I'll check in with her today to see how she's feeling as she's going through stuff. Right. Um, but I think as now the personal trainer has specific exercises she can use in a warm up or superset with like an elevated deadlift she's been doing. Right. Or, um, you know, she now has principles of that. I would told the trainer, just focus on these things with the exercises that you're prescribing and you should be okay to move forward. Right. Right. So now everything's getting reinforced, right. which, which again, this is, this is great to see the coordination um, and the fact that, that the trainer did come in. And so now his perspective is different in regards to, to how he's going to not only work with her, but, but probably his other clients as well. So, so you're doing good things. But, and what's really cool is this trainer has a strong first background. So they know that how to cue tension and position a little bit. So I just, if you further cue that a little bit with these principles underlying, like you should be perfect. Excellent. Yeah. Excellent. And so, so again, so, so a lot of the things that you would do, do under certain circumstances based on a diagnosis that, that a lot of therapists would de immediately default to, you sort of, you know, I, I don't want to say that you're, you're contradicting but, but the reality is, um, like I said, you're just treating the person, you're not treating the diagnosis. And, and then yeah. you get the favorable outcome. It sounds like everybody else was, was chasing a diagnosis. It, and that's what I was gonna say. If, if you're going to physical therapy for three months because you think you're treating SI joint pain because that's what the doctor said, okay. to me, there's no analytic thought process there. And all right, this person's presenting this way Maybe the symptoms come into play, but how are you using your tests and measures and the response to exercise to dictate your intervention instead of just relying on the physician at SI joint pain? Right, right. Um, that's, that's excellent. No, this yeah. is great. This is so, so, but, but I, I love this fact. And, and then, of course, you know, my, my bias towards getting people towards the, the much more active kind of a thing um, is, is always great. And then, of course, the fact that you finish with the rock and roll, which is, you know, kind of cool that, that they get to do something that is so dynamic and so off the beaten path and, and yet so impactful. But that stuff that it was difficult for her to not revert to what she's used to, to keep the position and to, it, it was cool. It was um, yeah. eventually her goal because of this trans background, like she wants to be able to kettlebell swing and snatch and that kind of stuff. So um, hopefully we can get her there. Yeah, well, but but so but you're already ahead of the game compared to everything else that she's already done. So I think right. R right away, that's that's where we see the impact. And it's just the different perspective and the different um, different approach um, actually makes all of the difference. So mm -hmm. so again, very, very cool. Very cool case. Yep. Um, anything else you want to throw on there at the end? No, I mean, we're we're a customer service business. So she was happy when she left. Yeah. And be happy that we're coordinating care with her physical, th with her um, personal trainer. Um, so I think it's a win-win. Like 
we got we got her what she needed. She feels like she has a team around her and she has some light at the end of the tunnel when a cortisone shot didn't work, PT didn't work, acupuncture was kind of giving a little bit of relief. Um, she's trying to have another kid, but she was hesitant to do so because of the disc herniation. So now um, we, I think we've been impactful in her life on several different levels, which has been really good. That, that's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. I, I, I appreciate you coming on to do this because I know that the, the um, these things are, are very, very important. People need to understand the value of these, these case studies and, and how they progress. And, and I think we need to do more of this. We need to actually show more examples of, of how we can actually make these impacts and these instantaneous changes that, that a lot of people can't get from, from I, I hate saying it, more of a traditional approach. Um, and, and again, I don't think that, that we're, um, you know, so far ahead or anything like that. I just think that the perspective lends itself to a, a much more impactful result. Um, so again, I appreciate you for coming on and I think we should do this again. Excellent. Let's do it. Yeah. All right, man. man. So, um, we'll sign off for now and then we will come back uh, in the future with another case. All right. Thanks, Bill. Thanks, man.